Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical. (laughs) Wow, we're going to have fun today. The factual and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith at work. Today, we're bringing back one of our very famous guests, and we're talking today about why two percenters have an unfair competitive advantage. We've got Dr. Jim Harris with To A Higher Level joining us once again on the I Work For Him show. I think, Jim, this is your second, th- this is your third or fourth time on the show, isn't it? You keep having me back, Jim, and I love it. Well, well I, this conversation today is going to blow people's minds because I know for a fact that 99% of the people listening today have never, ever looked at this like this before. I guarantee it. But before we do, I want to read a, a verse of scripture, Jim. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Jim Harris with To A Higher Level, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. It's great to be here, Jim. Thanks so much. Uh, I, I just, you know, talk to me today 
about how Christ is making an impact in your life. Well, let me tell you, the biggest impact he's had in my life in the last 30 days is based upon not only this scripture, but also Romans um, 8, verse 14 and 16. And that verse, when you combine what you've just read, Jim, with Romans 8, verse 14 and 16, which reads, um, those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And verse 16 reads that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. And that really, when we put these two together, as we dig down today, this will revolutionize how your listeners will approach the way they work. Well, and, and again, we're setting it up, but most people, ne- I, I, I mean, of course, I've never heard a sermon like this, that I'm sure of, and maybe there's people out there that have, but listen, you wrote this article a couple of weeks ago. I can't even remember the date. Actually, I have the date right here. It was on February the 13th. Why two percenters have an unfair competitive advantage. And I read that article and I laughed out loud and I said, oh my goodness, we have got to do a show about that right away. Because, <laughs> because it is so true and it's been exactly, exactly what I was thinking. Because I don't understand why so many Christ followers don't get this. They don't oh, get it. Oh, we've never been taught it. We, well, we, we've missed it and it's not, we just never been taught this. I, I understand. So why, why? First of all, let's talk. We're talking about these two percenters. What's a two percenter? A two percenter is simply this it's a man or woman who runs or is involved with, who is actively participating in a for profit, privately held, biblically based business. Three components. A two percenter is a man or woman, particularly a leader or the owner, who runs a for profit, privately held, biblically-based business, and typically I, I suggest that's under 500 employees. So we're looking at small to mid-sized firms. In the United States alone, that's 88,500 companies qualify as two percenters. Say that again. How many companies? 88,500. There are 5.4 million organizations privately held um, for-profit in the U.S. under 500 employees. I suggest there's about 75 percent, and we see this all the time, 75 percent of all employees say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, they may not be practicing. They may only be professing. So you just do the math. 5.4 million, 75% of those companies have at least one professing Christian. That's 4.1 million companies. Now, how did I come up with two percenters? The Lord gave it to me. It's simply this, Jim. Minimal, very, very conservatively. I suggest 2% of those 4.1 million companies have someone like you or me or just like your listeners who really want to honor God in the workplace. I call those two percenters. Two percent of 4.1 million, 88,500 companies. Yep. Imagine if 88,500 companies got together and started doing what we're going to share today. Can you imagine that impact? Well, we need to get a mailing list of those people because that means, because I know of four of those companies because they're sponsoring my show. So that means there's 88,496 of them I don't know, and I only need two more, and my show will be paid for. It's for the year. So. <laughs> So that's incredible. We need to get the mailing list of those people because I just need two more sponsors of the show, and then the, at least the airtime would be paid for. So that's so encouraging that there's that many companies, and and I agree. I and and it's it's those people that are that they're laying in the weeds. You don't even know they're making an impact on their community. They're making an impact on, on their people. And we just don't know it, but we're trying to give these. And, and sometimes they, they're Christ followers. They're loving their people, but they have no idea how to be proactive with the tools that they've been given. Well, what we're going to share today is how those 88,500 companies, those two percenters, what, how they can leverage 
their unfair competitive advantage that they probably never thought about before. Yeah, before we give that up, now we want to, we want to lead them into this deal because we're we're going to tell you you're going to hold it back. We oh, want to, oh gonna... absolutely! Come on, I've been on radio for two years now. We understand <laughs> you're trying to bait people to make them stay and listen. Only the only the secular radio hosts they never they don't use those words. They just go they keep they keep teasing you. So mm-hmm. this is a tease. I, I, I want to lead it if they want it. They want to jump ahead. All they got to do is go to your website to a higher level that's to a higher level.com not the number two but the word two to to a higher level.com and they can look up your blogs and uh and it was produced on the 13th of february it's right there why two percent so they can jump right ahead if they don't want to wait Otherwise, not while they're driving not while they're driving although in tampa bay you know what driving's like this time of day they're just oh, you lived there for many years, you know. Yeah. They're sitting still. They're having a great time. At least it's not raining today, but you know, there's an accident here, there's an accident there. And this place is unbelievable. And the good news was on Saturday on Sunday, the FDOT, the Florida Department of Transportation, decided they're gonna spend two draws number the numbers like two billion dollars tearing up I four because you know, it hasn't been torn up enough. They're gonna <laughs> I think they're going to take it on from uh, exit uh, 78 all the way through downtown Orlando and straighten it out. <laughs> Do you know why I moved to Pensacola? Just I am never driving through Orlando again until that's done. That's going to be like 2025. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> It's just it, it's just staggering. Okay, all right, we got to get back. Can't talk about traffic. I do that too much. On the, it, it just it, it it the sixteen miles down one road every day mm. just drives me crazy. Okay, so you started off the 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 article talking about you know how does a leader lead the critical. You said in this article the critical question is not how does a leader lead, but what leads the leader. What do you mean? It's really simple. Even. Of, of the 12 or 13 books that I've written on leadership, even I typically go into my books looking at best practices and saying, here's the best ways for leaders to lead. Leader, If you want to be a good leader, Jim, do these things. And everybody's got lots of models. But the biggest mistake that we've made, and I've made, not intentionally, is not just saying, here's what a leader's supposed to do. What we've made the mistake of is stepping back and asking ourselves, well, what leads the leader? Or, in two percenters' case, who leads the leader? Oh, don't give it away yet. Okay, all right. So, and you're writing a book. You were working on several different books, but you're coming out with a book this fall called Our Unfair Advantage. A whole book about this. Now, is it going to be a parable like, uh, like The Impactor? No, it's going to be describing in detail what we're talking about today. And, in fact, that's one of the ways that um, the Lord has impacted my business just in the last 90 days. I was, um, I was very close. I'm very close to publishing the second book in the Impactor series called The Wind Chaser. But the Lord just kind of put it on hold, and he gave me this. And I have gotten more international response, international response to that blog and others than anything I've done in my uh, 23 years in business. Well, I would bet you get international response to this because I would bet internationally people know what we're talking about more than nationally. What we're going to dig down, it's true. Well, let's and let's so, dig. Let's dig. What okay. typically what how are leaders typically led? You know, you said in this question, not how does a leader lead, but what leads the leader? What are some of those things that typically leads a leader? 
Well, think about it, Jim, and I know I've been there and you've been there before. Um, good, solid Christian business people. Good, well-meaning Christian business people. Many times we're money-led. We're led by the next big deal. We're led by, oh, the great open door, the next opportunity. We're opportunity-led, or we're money-led, or we're head-led, or even idea-led. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, we've got to do that. That's just a great idea. Often we're price-led. Let's just see if we can find the cheapest price. And so many times in business, we're crisis or urgency-led. That is, we're pressure-led. And when you think about it, those kinds of things, if we're only responding to money and what's in our head and our ideas, our own ideas, maybe opportunities that are presented in front of us, oh, that's a great open door, it's a great open door, we ought to, you know, we, we got to take care of this now, it's a deadline, we've got to make it happen, it's a great price, it's not going to be there tomorrow, or we've got to do this, you know, we're, it's a sinking ship. Sometimes we're even feelings-led, where, man, I just feel like this is the, I just feel like this is the right thing to do. Every one of those. You've done it, I've done it, and I don't know about you, but when I am money-led or head-led or idea-led or opportunity-led or technology-led or price-led too much, so often I fail. So often? I would guess that, you know, a lot of times at first the ideas look fantastic or, or the, you know, how you're leading looks like it's great, but almost... Really, when you look at being led by money, your head, so you're, you're just your mind, the ideas in your mind, an idea, an opportunity, technology, price, crisis, or urgency, feelings. How about politically correct? Oh, let's oh, yeah. even get started about that today. Uh, yeah. Or comfort and safety. You know, we, uh, you know, which, which it really should go on the record that today will be a day that goes down in infamy. Today, February 26th. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date the show. I hate doing that. February 26th, 2015. The internet to be regulated. Make it note, it was said right here yeah. on this show, that the yeah. Antichrist needed that move on the internet. They needed that move in order to be able to accomplish the takeover of the world economy mm-hmm. someday. Yep. So, it, it, you know, I'm not saying that Obama is the, the Antichrist. I'm not saying it. I don't believe no, it. No. He's not. Not smart enough. No, he's not. But but you had to have regulation of the internet, otherwise all free speech. It's it's free speech. You had to you had to put controls on the internet in order to control the bastion of free speech. And what happened today will not necessarily clamp our freedoms today, but in the future it will, and we will regret not fighting this. But it's been it's been done. It's done, and the deed is done. It happened on February the twenty sixth, two thousand and fifteen. And when you and I are looking at seventy more than we're looking at fifty, we're going to go. That was a big day. Anyway, sorry. Agreed. I, sorry, I got soapboxed on it, but I'm just irritated about it. Yeah, anyway, okay. So, why is it bad to lead this way with, with your, with basically your mind and your your emotions? Well, here, let's, yeah, let's let's make it very practical. Sometimes our, we come up with good ideas. Sometimes opportunities are legitimate. It's not saying that these are necessarily bad, but three reasons. Three reasons. Number one. Most of this is being led outside in. There's an idea out there. I get it off a book. I get it off a magazine subscription to one of my um, professional journals. Someone comes to me with an opportunity. I see a price advertised. You know, all of this is, is outside in leadership. That's one of the biggest mistakes. It's not coming from inside us and who should be leading us from the inside. Number two... It's basically flesh-led. 
when you look at most of these, this is just from the world. Money, ideas, opportunity, crisis, fear, all of that. That's world-led. That's flesh-led. So it's outside in being led, number two, by the flesh. And here's the biggest thing. Jim, think about this. Even for men and women, great men, I know so many great men and women that run fine companies that are not believers. They are not believers in the Lord. This is exactly the way that they lead their companies. All right, we're talking with Dr. Jim Harris from toahigherlevel.com. That's toahigherlevel.com about why 2%ers have an unfair competitive advantage. But before we get back to Dr. Harris, we, of course, are going to have time for our book highlight segment. As always, brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for over 29 years, located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400-square-foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S. Com. Be the first person to call into our studio line today at 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And I'll send you a copy of the book I'm highlighting today. Compliments my wife, Martha, and Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is The Impactor, written by Dr. Jim Harris. Let me give you a short explanation. This fascinating and fast-moving parable teaches us how to integrate the four winning virtues that move us through success into significance. Investigative reporter Tony Sullivan is a man on a mission. He's been assigned a story for his publication Spotlight Issue, but the story isn't the real story. Instead, Tony finds himself in the crosshairs of the impactor. What Tony thinks is a feature about grace and HR ends up challenging the way he thinks and views his world and his work, taking him in a direction he never imagined. Call into the studio line at 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live. We're back live and in studio with Dr. Oh, yeah. We're, 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 you're in studio, Dr. Jim Harris, with two a higher level. You just only voice today, only voice. Yeah. It, it, it'd be very nice to get you back here live and in studio in Tampa Bay, but I know it's an eight-hour drive, and I would hate to do that to anybody. So the phones are ringing off the hook, though. Everybody wants your book today. That is fan-stinking-tastic. So, I think and, I might want to read it myself. And we can give away a couple of books today. So that you're gonna, you should read that book. It's a good book. It really is a good book. And I'm looking forward to the next book you got coming out, The Wind Chaser. But before that one, you've got this other one coming out, Our Unfair Advantage. And that's what we're talking about today, why 2%ers have an unfair advantage and really, they have an unfair competitive advantage, and that's what we're talking about today. And, and But before we get into that conversation, because, yes, we're going to tease it right till the past the bottom of the half hour, then we're going to really dig into this. Well, we don't have to, but we could. You got anything else you want to say about this so we can avoid this subject till we get past the bottom of the half hour? No, uh, don't do that. That's not nice, Jim. Okay, so why, 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 why do two percenters have an unfair advantage, Jim? Really, it boils down to this. We should always, not only in our life, but our business, be led by the who, not by the what. What do you mean by that? Well, the who... I mean, that was a great band, but that's not what you mean, right? No, that's not what I mean. Okay. The listeners get it already. 
Jim. You know your <laughs> listeners get it. You got the best listeners in the world. I don't. They I don't get know. It. Wait a minute. We all went to. You know, how many people go to church where they actually talk about the who of, well, of what we're talking about? Let, let me let me give you just some some uh, my opinion. Traditional churches talk a whole lot about God, focus on God. Evangelical churches focus on Jesus. And charismatic and Pentecostal and the like focus on the Holy Spirit. We really need all three. Well, as I we as I understand three. it, they come together as a package deal that you don't that's really get exactly to pick and choose. Right. Yeah, and that that's why I'm focusing this book, our unfair competitive advantage, on the who, the Holy Spirit. Because when we are who, Holy Spirit led, then guess what? The Holy Spirit will always put us in the right place at the right time for the right reasons, in the right deal. He will always help us avoid the wrong deal at the wrong time, the wrong opportunity, the wrong price. And he will guide us to a much better future, and I want to share some ways... And we're talking about something that most people never, ever think. First of all, before the show went on the air in Tampa Bay and in most parts of the country, most people have not heard a sermon from the pulpit in their church, most people, now there are some churches that do this, about the fact that their faith applies to what they do, that their faith applies to everything about them, and that they can, when they go to work, it actually matters not only how they do their work, but their faith can impact where they work. So that was a new concept. Now you're introducing the concept of why we have a competitive advantage, and let me just make it clear. I grew up in the Evangelical Free Church of America, and then, of course, I've been in two different Southern Baptist churches, and and I've also been in a non-denominational church and a Christian church, and and here's the deal. Every church I've ever been to, the last thing they talk about is the work of the Holy Spirit. They, They don't talk about it, because for some reason they think if they talk about the Holy Spirit, they'll... I, I don't know, their heads will explode or something? I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Why is it I had to learn about the work of the Holy Spirit from places other than the pulpit of the church? The churches will talk about our Heavenly Father. They'll talk about Jesus Christ's Son and, they, and the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they don't want to talk about it. But yet, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that Jesus sent to live inside of us, he goes, I got to go so the main power can come and live inside of you. And yet most of us have gone to the workplace all of our lives and never once tapped into the power that lives within us in a workplace. Oh, oh you, you better pass the, the collection plate. I'm ready to give you something, Jim. That's perfect. Seriously, we've got room for sponsors on the show, Jim, so that's good. We <laughs> could do that. That would be just fine. And well, I'll, you know, there, there's. I, I believe, and I've given this a tremendous amount of prayer and thought and reflection over the last few months. Here's how I like to share it. Here's how I even I teach my adult Bible study class, the church I attend. Salvation through the Holy Spirit is just the beginning. There is so much more. And that's where most churches kind of stop. You're in heaven. It's your get-out-of-hell-free card. Hallelujah. We're going to be in heaven forever. But then that's kind of where most churches stop, and there's so much more. And what I'm beginning to see better than I have in all of my years, and I was saved as a teenager, and I'm beginning to see now that's so much more of absolutely applies to leading our businesses and in fact to a higher level my company to a higher level is our brand name is where business and faith connect and so what we're talking about here is where our business and our faith should
should connect at its very core. Well, and it's, but you're not, this is not just a concept for leaders in business or owners in business. This is a concept for every Christ follower who goes into the workplace. We have access to our Heavenly Father made possible by what Christ did on the cross, but made possible. We, the voice of God lives within us. The power of God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. If we're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We've got access to the intimate knowledge of our Heavenly Father on the workplace. Why wouldn't we use it? So this unfair advantage you're talking about, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. So Jim, how how is you know th- this unfair advantage, how would you describe it? It's unleashing the Holy Spirit within your work. It's just that it. Just that simple. It's unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit in your work. Well, wait a minute. You know, I've never been taught what to do or how to do that. And that's where we're going with the book, and that's where we're going. I'm in the speaking and in executive coaching that I'm doing. I'm going to teach people how to start unleashing the power of that Holy Spirit. But let's go back and, and just reconfirm why that's so important before we get to any practical steps. You know, there's, think about this. Let me, let me share one verse. You don't mind me sharing a Bible verse, do you? Well, let me think about that. No, I guess it's okay today. <laughs> You know, you mentioned 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 12, that says that, you know, the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God, that, that, and He gives them to us freely. The Holy Spirit gives us the deep things of God freely. You receive not because what? You ask not, right? Let me share one more verse, though. John sixteen thirteen. Bible says, When the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus said, He will guide you in all the truth, For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And get this, here's the kicker. And he, the Holy Spirit, will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit knows where our business needs to be. The Holy Spirit knows what's around the corner. The Holy Spirit knows whether we should go for that opportunity, for that deal, for that price. The Holy Spirit knows when we should move and when we shouldn't move. The Holy Spirit already knows it. He is the ultimate consultant, and he's right there knowing everything about everything and even the future of where you need to lead your business, and so many of us are not tapping into that, and it's there freely given to us. Do you get a sense why I'm so excited about this, Jim? I know exactly why you're excited about because I, I have seen this in action in the last decade of my life. I have seen it. I have I have witnessed it. I have taken advantage of it, not in a, a self-centered way, but I have I have prayed for incredible wisdom in business in the last decade. I have seen God move my heart in places. I've also seen the days that I've moved on my own and what a big screw up I can be when I do it on my own. And and I'm just amazed that so many Christ followers would enter the workplace and, and just put the Holy Spirit on the shelf and go, hey, I'll get to you right after five. Okay, just, just stay there. I'm, I'm okay. Just, one, one I got of the this. Things, one of the things I really want our listeners to come away with today is simply this, that instead of being money-led, head-led, idea-led, opportunity-led, technology-led, crisis-led, all that stuff, that's how the enemy wants to lead. That's how the enemy wants to lead. I am not going to be worldly-led. This is how the world leads. I am going to be spirit-led. I am not going to let this be my final decision. Now, should we use our head? God gave us a sound mind, 2 Timothy 
He gave us a sound mind and power, not fear. We should think. We should do our analysis. We should, you know, look at all of those. But here's the big thing. If, you're, if, we, if we do nothing else from today that we suggest, before you make any decision, take it to the Holy Spirit, because he bears witness with our spirit, Romans eight sixteen. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with the spirit that we have as believers. When we were born, our spirit was dead. When we became a believer, our spirit inside of us became alive. We have two spirits living inside of us, the Holy Spirit and our living spirit, and those spirits bear witness. It's just like sitting in a, in a great sermon, and you're saying to yourself, ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Amen. You know, hallelujah. That's the witness of the Spirit. We need to take that now and put it in the workplace. Instead of asking each other, get this, Jim, instead of asking each other, you think that's a good idea? How do you feel about that? We should be asking ourselves, do you have a witness about this? But not everybody's going to understand what that. But not everybody's going to understand what that means. Uh, how about this? Hey, let's pray about this. You tell me how your spirit reconciles, and let's both let's both just pray about this. And if we're both in un, if we're both unanimous in our decision after after praying about it and sleeping on it overnight, and come back tomorrow morning, then we'll know that God's working. But if we're not unanimous, then we know that one of us is not listening. Or maybe both of us isn't listening because God always speaks in unanimity. But it is, that's a hard word for me to say, I know. But, but what is, let's get some practical examples of, of, of how, what, what exactly does the Holy Spirit know about business? I mean, this is a loaded question, I know, but I'm having fun with it. So what does the Holy Spirit know about business? Well, let's see. I think the Holy Spirit, if he knows everything about everything about everything, he knows everything about business. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Well, it, it he may- knows who you should hire. Whether you should hire that person, whether you shouldn't hire that person. Should you go with that deal? Should you not go with that deal? Should you move now? Should you wait? Should you go to another deal? Should, should you go into a whole new area or get out of that area? Do you, if this is a good idea or a lousy idea, if that employee is going to be a great fit or is going to end up being a turkey, he knows everything about everything. And what we need to do is start revving up and start using that Holy Spirit in even the small decisions. Should I go to lunch there or go to lunch over here? But but it's it's so much. I mean, it's it's like a tune up, you know, because we've we've so focused our minds on ignoring God in the workplace, and we're trying exactly to we're right. trying to break that open. And so it's almost like you got to get a spiritual tune up and and get your frequency so you can hear His voice in business. Because most of us have discounted. I mean, I, I'm trying so desperately not to jump on my soapbox today because I just it, it just is killing me. Because why is it that the Pentecostal churches get to talk about the Holy Spirit and the evangelical? First of all, who gave them these stupid names anyway? The church is the church, and we're supposed to have the Trinity that we worship, and it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And for goodness sakes, it applies to everything about life. And why do we put God in a box all the time? Oh. Oh, sorry. We we we, we need to we need to uh, just as generally as believers become less doctrine led and more spirit led. That's, oh. That's just that simple. Doctrine, just ugh. okay. So, but we got to give some practical examples before I have an aneurysm here on the air. We got, of how this really works. I mean, if you share one from your heart, I'll share one from my heart, and how you have actually practically relied on the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life in a business transaction. I was um, a few years ago on my face in my office. I call it rug time. My nose was against the rug. And I was saying, Lord, all of my traditional secular work, my very successful books, Fortune Magazine, best business books, 
American Management Association Spring Selections. Speaking on the same dais with some of the greatest speakers, Ken Blanchard and all of those, IBM Executive uh, Conference Center, Palisades, New York, I mean, internet, flying to Finland, all speaking, speaking, writing, 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 and it was dull, dull, it was dead. I was in a desert, and I was literally crying out to the Lord, what will you have me do? Holy Spirit, lead me, and literally, Jim, literally, inside me, not in, not in, a, not in an audible voice, but inside me, my spirit said, to a higher level. I went, whoop! And I saw it. I saw what it might be. I saw what it could be. And just like you being the, you know, the marketing guy and being a, a, a great marketer, you know, I'm, I'm learning from you. One of the first things I did after I saw this, just thought, oh, I can see what this could become. In other words, bringing biblically-based business excellence principles to the marketplace. I jumped up to see if the URL was available to a higher level, dot com, and it was. That started this whole new business, spirit-led. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, that's that's very similar. I mean, I have been writing down names for five years. Lord, I know you want me to move forward with this workplace ministry idea you've laid in my heart, this this interconnection between pastors and missionaries and business people and, and mentoring business people to help them incorporate their faith in, in, into the workplace. I'll know you want me to move forward, Lord, when you give me a name. And it was November 20th, 2012, about 7 o'clock, and, and, and I wrote down the 133rd name, and it was, I work for him. Just the way it is, the way everybody sees it on the website, and just that way. Little I, big W, work, the number four, big H, because it's Jesus, him, and, and, and I didn't, I wasn't playing on the I, on on. Apple's little eye thing. I just, this is what it was. I wanted, it didn't want it to be a big eye because I want to show myself in submission to my Heavenly Father. I mean, I am not, you just called me a marketing guy. All my friends out there are laughing out loud. Uh, ah. But but this was completely from God. But but it, it was, it's such, it was such an amazing thing because the minute I got it, I went out and of course nobody, nobody had that URL purchased and I, and I bought it all and I said, okay, Lord. I can see how I can help four or five Christian business people at a time. How can I get the message out to thousands of people? And, of course, radio had never entered my mind. Not ever. No way. February 19, 2013, I'm sitting there sharing five ways to incorporate Christ in your workplace. And I sit down next to the general manager and owner of this local radio station. And that's where I work for him. Came on the air. Never was it on my, never, never, never had it ever crossed my mind. I tried to find a million ways to say no. And then God reminded me how I'd prayed. So can you give me an example of an of a Christian business person that you know of that has put this into practice, that you've seen them do it, that you've seen this in action? Somebody other than you and me talking about it on the air today? I, I work with a lot of great believers. Um, that, that's, where I'm, that's where a lot of my business is focusing on the two percenters through my executive coaching, through helping them transform their vision into execution with my three-page three business plan through my um, leadership teachings and, and a variety of things. There are several that are beginning to see this. And the ones that do, they have more calm about how they go about it. They have more confidence. They don't seem as, they're not as hurried. They're not deadline, deadline, pressure, 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 because they're going to take the time to go deep in their prayer and just literally ask the Spirit or a witness, just like it says in Romans eight sixteen, to bear witness, a co-witness. And and you got and Jim. Let's just summarize this all over again. Why do two percenters? First of all, two percenters are who? 
are for-profit, privately held, biblically-based leaders. Okay, so we're talking Bible-based companies, companies where the leaders are Bible-based, and and we figure there's 88,500 of those companies. I know of four of them. I'm looking for one of those other 88,496, two of them to support the show. All right, so that's what a two-percenter is. Why do they have an unfair advantage? Because as believers, we have living within us the Holy Spirit of God. We have a who leading us instead of the world, which is led by the what, the ideas, the, the, the money, everything outside of us, the technology and fear. We are led by God. So you're saying that I should actually rely on the Holy Spirit's direction in my business? I mean, come on. I mean, that's the most radical thing that has ever been said on this show. Well, it shouldn't be considered that radical because, as, I, as we said earlier, Salvation is just the beginning of the potential power the Holy Spirit can impact us in our lives, both personal and professional. I like that. Well, and, and here's the deal. A lot of people misunderstand what it means to have a Lord. And, and the good news is we serve a risen Savior who loves us unconditionally, who only wants the best for us, whether we are at home, in our neighborhoods, walking down the street, going to church on Sunday, or going to work on Monday. And he has the answers for us if we'll just ask. So we have this unfair competitive advantage because the Holy Spirit knows the advantage, knows where we should be going with our businesses, whether it's in our position and we're not the leader or whether we're a leader within a business or whether we're leading a business. The Holy Spirit's got all the know-how we need. We just have to ask. And think about it this way. For 20 years in Jesus' life, probably from the time he was 10 till he started his ministry at 30, you know, helping his dad in the business, he was an entrepreneur. Yeah, he, he was. Business. And he was a respected business person. Yeah. So what does it look like, Jim? To, oh, no, no. Right before the break, you said, hey, we need to, this whole thing, business people, it needs to bear witness. By, the, by utilizing the Holy Spirit, we need to bear witness. That, that's how we're going to know that that's where we should move. What does it mean to bear witness? What did you mean by that? Well, that's Romans 8, 16, Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, all that means is a co-CO witness. That means you, you've got some, someone else agreeing with you, supporting you, saying, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's good, oh yeah, that's where you need to go, you got it now, boy, go for it, go, go, go. It's just like when you've sat in good sermons, and you heard the preacher, or you heard a good teaching, and you said, ooh, that's right, that's good, that's your witness. That's what the Bible means as a co-witness. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with, on the inside, on the inside, your witness. Now, that's the big competitive advantage. We have the Holy Spirit who knows everything about everything about everything and wants to freely give us what God has revealed to him, not only about what's now but also in the future. We have that on the inside. We as believers have got to stop relying so much on the outside being Head led from ideas out there and opportunities out there because opportunities out in the world. There's a great opportunity I want to bring you, Jim. You know who runs this world, who is the prince mm-hmm. of this world, and he can come as an angel of light. So you've got to go on the inside well, and ask your Holy Spirit, saying, Spirit, is this where I should go? Yes or no? And it takes practice. It takes practice. That's one of my first of my eight steps. 
that you, you've got to practice. You've got to start small, and, and, we, and then and, you learn to tune in. And we you can't need to tune it in. We can't give away all the secrets, and we run out of time anyway. But you've got your book upcoming, and when that, when we get close to the release of that, we got to bring you back on talking about your book, Our Unfair Advantage. But a lot, of, I encourage a lot of Christian business people as they're learning to rely on the Holy Spirit, is to have these conversations about business decisions that they're making to go home and have them with their spouses who are not involved in the day to day of the business, and and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through the spouses in order to bear witness, in order to say, okay, hey, this is what my idea was. And your spouse will go, yeah, that's a good idea. Or what are you, you nuts? You can't do that. Because the Holy Spirit, sometimes for us men, for sure, the Holy Spirit seems to be able to communicate to our wives better than with us. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, Jim, this has been a great conversation, but I got to end the show. I'm sorry. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately I work for him. 